Welcome in. This is the Monday night football edition of the PFF Betting Podcast, and I can guarantee you it is going to be a better matchup than Sunday night football. Kevin and I running it back uh, just before halftime of the Steelers-Seahawks game, and I can say uh, it has not lived up to low expectations yet, but we're moving on to Monday night. But Kevin, first, what are some of your uh, initial takeaways maybe from week six? Who are you is it time to maybe finally buy into the Arizona Cardinals at 6-0? and Or how are you feeling about them specifically? Yeah, maybe it is. Although the Browns kind of looked pretty pathetic, right. honestly, <laughs> offensively in this matchup. So I don't know. I think it's more worry time for them than it okay. is go time for the Cardinals. Because if you think about it, Going into this matchup, the two games that the Browns lost, one was week one to the Chiefs, a very winnable game if it wasn't for the fact that they had a a fumble from, uh, I think it was a Nick Chubb in that game, and it was, it was close. It was a very close game. And then the other game they lost was to the Chargers, and the Chargers just decided to you know convert every third down. They converted, right. I, I believe, four different fourth downs during that game. So that was another game, a very winnable game for them. So they just got, you know, the the... The door's beaten off of the the joint tonight, and I don't know if that's even a real saying. Um, it is. It, and, is. But, <laughs> it is. All right, good. So, so, um, so I, I would be a little concerned for them because everyone's banged up. Uh, Cream Hunt now is banged up on top of Nick Chubb. Uh, Baker Mayfield's uh, left arm is completely detached from his body at this point. There, there, right. there are issues. There's, they're just like there's nobody left basically is kind of the situation, but we will see. Obviously, they're a little bit disappointing. What do you make of the Chargers basically uh, not showing up against Baltimore whatsoever? Were people too high on them, or is this just kind of an outlier perform- performance for them? And they will be back to Justin Herbert MVP status here next week. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem going into this game was they were so reliant upon converting those late right, downs and right. converting those fourth downs. I mean, they converted every single fourth down try that they had that wasn't a pass being thrown by their punter this year going into this game. And then they just didn't convert these ones. I mean, they were the right decisions. They're always the right decisions. It's just, it's a lot easier those decisions when you convert it every single time. And that right. did not happen this time. So I, I wouldn't be in a panic mode. I mean, the Ravens are a great team. They were playing at home. Um, it obviously wasn't an ideal matchup, but you're going to have your ups and downs when you're playing a high a high risk strategy like they were. They weren't playing to stay in the game; they were playing to still try and win the game later, and it didn't work out for them this time. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was just I don't know. I honestly need to go back and rewatch that game because it was not happening for them whatsoever. But do you have any other you know key takeaways, things that kind of jumped out to you for Week Six? Are you ready to move on to Monday Night Football? Yeah. I mean, I guess the other big thing was that. The you know the Raiders continued to play pretty well, so I thought right. that Raiders Denver matchup could be a determinant of who might sneak in with one of the last playoff spots potentially later on in the year. So I think that was an interesting and a good game for them. I mean, I'm always on team coaches don't matter that much. So right. the fact that Gruden went down, I was pretty confident the Raiders would still play well this week, and they did. They did, yeah. They looked really good. Obviously, probably one of the easiest sweats on the cover. I know a lot of people had that. PFF Greenline had that. So uh, mm-hmm. just one notch in the belt for the Raiders, and we are getting closer to that six-and-a-half game win total, which I, for one, cannot wait for. So we will see how that breaks out. But we got Bills-Titans uh, Monday Night Football. It's basically been uh, kind of one-sided action in the spread market. I think it was, if you looked at it in the preseason, this was a two-and-a-half point differential for Buffalo. Moved out to four-and-a-half on the look-ahead line. 
line. Now we're at six, five and a half, kind of bouncing between uh, six and five and a half. And then Green Line currently has it at plus five and a half for Tennessee. 53 and a half point total. Uh, do you like anything on the uh, game spread or total? I mean, I might lean towards the Titans here. The thing with the Bills is, despite the fact that, you know, they they have the 4-1 record, they, or I should, I should say they, but Josh Allen was the MVP front runner going into this week. It may change uh, with Kyler coming away with a victory here and then depending on what happens. Um, but they haven't really played that well offensively. It's really been the defense that's been carrying them this time. And if you hearken back, way back to 2020, last season, the Bills were a 4-0 team that went to Tennessee and really got beat down pretty pretty clearly. Uh, they confused Josh Allen on defense by getting, getting strategic pressure, but then also playing back against him. So I'll just be interested to see what happens in this sort of game. And I'm, and I'm interested to see also Tennessee offensively, now that they have everyone healthy, you know, Julio Jones should go, A.J. Brown should go. Are they going to pass the ball a little bit more? Because they've really been riding Derrick Henry here. And against a Buffalo Bills team, you're going to need to score some points. I want to see if perhaps they open up a little bit here. And those are just going to be tough matchups, no matter how great the defense has been playing for the Bills. Yeah, yeah. 56% pass play rate for the Tennessee Titans in all situations, of course. Uh, you know, they are 3-2, and two, so they haven't necessarily had really positive game script throughout. So they have kind of relied on Derrick Henry a lot, like you said. And I do think uh, that is the key determinant for how you think this game is going to play out. What is this new... Tennessee Titans offense finally going to look like of course they haven't had you know Julio Jones since week three AJ Brown played last week didn't necessarily um, you know look 100% um, so how are they going to play and how are they you know how, what's the offensive play calling going to be like I think that kind of carries forward to how are you going to handle things and showdown how you're going to handle things from a player prop perspective so we will see how it all breaks out. I know I have some feelings on how I anticipate, uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans approaching it from an offense standpoint. It sounds like Kevin does as well. Are there any props that are kind of jumping out to you on either uh, the over or under uh, that you're kind of liking here immediately on Monday? Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the overs surprisingly look pretty good here. I mean, I'm looking at our green line. I mean, our, our player props tool here, and Stefan Diggs over his seven and a half catches at uh, plus 120. It does look pretty interesting to me because Diggs, while he's been active, he had that one long catch against the Chiefs. He hasn't been nearly as active as he was last season. So I think the potential for a bounce back game may, might be good for him. Yeah, we've been kind of waiting on a little bit, right? He has basically gone yeah. under his reception total three or five games so far has close or actually hasn't even gone over his reception total in four or five games. If you're looking at closing line, uh, cause it's against Texans. He was at six and a half to open seven and a half to close did get seven catches there. So it's been since week one that he's actually gone over his, uh, reception total. Obviously they're distributing the ball quite well to other auxiliary pass catchers. Dawson Knox has been involved as well. So, um, it makes that one makes me a little nervous. One that I do really like, and I want to get your thoughts on, uh, maybe we touched, touched on it a little bit, but Ryan Tannehill, over 236.5 passing yards. He's basically um, lowest number outside of Jacksonville last week um, that mm -hmm. he's seen right now. He was at 250 basically weeks one through three when he had all of his offensive weapons. I do think, you know, Buffalo people rate their defense highly. I think we have them um, like 
fifth overall in our defensive rankings, but I don't necessarily think they're all that great. I just think um, it's worked out well for him, the game script being able to kind of pin their ears back, rush the passer, knowing that the other team is going to be in passing situations for all three downs. So I'd like to see it. I'd like to see them perform in a more competitive game environment. Uh, and I think that that's, this one's going to be that. So I do really like uh, Brian Tannehill over his passing yards prop is one that I uh, immediately jumped out to me. What else, what else are you kind of seeing uh, in the player prop market? NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You use promo code PFF, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 on free bets. If they win, you win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. And Official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Right now, you can get 25% off any PFS subscription if you use code BETTINGPOD. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged a snap last week. So go check out the highest graded players from week six and look to find some early value on spread picks and player props for week seven. What can you get with a PFS subscription? All of PFS locked article content, PFS NFL and college football betting dashboards, grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Player prop tool, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop. DFS optimizer, wide receiver cornerback matchup chart, and so much more. Support the pod and use promo code BETTINGPOD for 25% off any subscription. Yeah, I think anything that relates to the Titans passing a bit more than you would have expected, I think it'd be interesting. And that also includes... Derrick Henry maybe right. getting a few more receiving yards than you would have expected because he's been more involved in the passing game than you would think. My only my only issue is I feel like it's a pretty obvious spot where they should be looking to pass it a bit more. Um, do you believe in Mike Vrabel though? And right, the, right. The, you know I don't. I mean he he has these like interesting little tricks that he's come up with sometimes uh, bending the rules. But as far as it comes to fourth down decisions, being a little bit forward looking, uh, looking in offensive planning, uh, right. not does not seem like his strong suit. Right, definitely. And that was like the concern all offseason and why I think people projected them to be a little bit of a regression candidate. Uh, you know, obviously losing Arthur Smith, Smith to Atlanta caused me to worry quite a bit, right? But Arthur Smith hasn't necessarily looked all that great going to Atlanta no. either. So he maybe aged like, he aged like 10 he, years yeah, over the exactly. offseason. I mean, <laughs> it's been stressful. <laughs> it's stressful out there in Atlanta. I know for a I fact, so. but I mean, it's tough out there. But um, so I, I maybe we're a little bit wrong on, you know, Vrabel necessarily. Maybe he's not as fake. Not, I guess he's not even fake sharp, right? He's probably just duller than he's just uh, like a boomer. Basically, right? Right? He's basically a boomer. He is like the coaching equivalent <laughs> of a boomer. That's like, but not quite 
quite actually a boomer, right? But he definitely uh, yeah. lives up to it. He's not like an actual old coach, but he is. He's an he old soul, coach, I like, guess. Yeah, he's an old soul. That is the perfect term. I actually, uh, that's the perfect term. He got it for me. Thank you very much. But uh, we'll see. I do. I am interested to see how their uh, target share breaks out. One that I also really like to the under, Anthony Ferkshire. Um both his reception and receiving yards numbers, receiving yards at 24.5. Um, he has gone over this weeks four and weeks five. Um, but I think, again, adding the elements back, adding the you know playmakers back into the Titans offense, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Ferkser is going to be kind of an afterthought for another reason, like you touched on. Derrick Henry uh, has been just crushing his receiving yards prop last week because the first week he did not go over that one. I think his target share from the, from the Titans has ticked up from basically like a 5% target share last week up over 8% this this year. Uh, so if he's getting you know an extra target per game, I think he could still have a little bit of wiggle room uh, in his receiving yards prop as well. And I think it's just, you know, Ferkser is basically moving into an afterthought role in this offense with all the weapons that they're going to have back here. So I like those two. Is there anything else you kind of like from the uh, player prop market? No, nah, I think that pretty much covers the, the broad strokes. Yeah, it's it. It's it. So let's see. What are you thinking about from showdown perspective, right? Of course, I think both quarterbacks are obviously going to be popular. Do you think it's a play where you're kind of squeezing them into the captain position or how are you uh, approaching some of the game theory elements with DraftKings showdown here? Yeah, there are a lot of different guys to play here. So normally when there are a lot of higher salary options i like to see if there's someone who might fly a little bit under the radar rather than going for a josh allen or a derrick henry or someone who's clearly going to eat up a ton of your total salary there so the guy who interests me the most here is is zach moss and he hasn't been you know the most prolific score so far this year but he's getting a decent amount of the goal line work he's been involved in the re in the receiving game he's overtaken Singletary now for being the top back and if you have a team that's projected to score a bunch of points is the favorite in the game yet the you know their their putative RB1 here, Zach Moss, is going to be very lowly rostered. I have right. him for a projection that's a pretty low amount just because, like I said, everyone's going to be spending so much on Allen, Henry, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. It's just name after name after name there. So I feel like he's an interesting guy where if he ends up, you know, falling, getting to the end zone a couple of times, catching four or five passes something like that he could be a guy who actually runs away with this and gets you a win especially if it's a little bit more of a grinded out game than some people think and it's not a shootout like some people are anticipating yeah definitely i like that one i've always been uh, a little bit of a zach moss homer so i think hearing that if it's not as big of a shootout i do think he's definitely going to be under the radar player is there anybody else you kind of like uh with that same mentality or is it basically going to be you know zach moss in the captain spot and then getting as many of these offensive weapons in uh in the flex position as you possibly can yeah yeah i think that's that's really going to be it i mean i think someone like Tannehill is going to end up being most undervalued in the flex position people are really off of him right now i don't know if he has enough um firepower and upside to really be a good captain but yeah. i think in the flex position he's someone who's just going to have a very he's going to be rostered very low uh relative to just quarterbacks generally so again he's a guy where i feel like you almost have to play him there and then build around with some other options and if you can get allen in there too then go ahead otherwise you know there are some medium to higher price options that you can build around uh in the flex with Tannehill. 
Yep. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. So Moss in the captain position, Tannehill in the flex. So what are you going to do with Derrick Henry, the big dog? Then? Is he basically getting faded? Because I do think if you kind of have you know Moss potentially in that captain role, if you have Tannehill as your flex, maybe the game script isn't necessarily conducive to him having a big game uh, playing from behind. So are you uh, potentially fading him in some of your rosters or how are you kind of approaching him specifically? Yeah, I think you almost have to just because everyone's going to be on him. Now, you could have been fading Derrick Henry for the last, you know, two, three years now, and you'd just be dead, basically. Welcome to my life, basically. And destitute, (laughs) uh, you know, going in every night, getting your meals at the soup kitchen, uh, looking like off-season Ben Roethlisberger. So, you don't you don't you're not happy about having to do that but i do think there's just going to be some value on this so again i'll say keep on doing it trust the process as you go broke trust the process that's all you can ask for at this point right i mean that is what we live for is to trust the process so i like that i've been i haven't necessarily always faded derrick henry but i uh I'm more inclined to do it than I think even the average soul. So I definitely carry some of that burden of uh, soup kitchen lines at this point. But we will see. It's going to be it's going to be enjoyable. I am excited for this Monday night matchup a lot more than the Sunday night football one. Uh, week six has been uh, pretty entertaining, to say the least. I do think that Dallas Cowboys game was maybe one of the better games of the regular season so far this year. A lot of big plays happening. So make sure you check out all the great content for PFF.com. Kevin Cole's showdown article is going to be up there tomorrow morning. We got NFL Green Line. NCA Green Line as well, dropping for you to get some of those early week college football bets coming up here for week eight of the college football season. So make sure you stay tuned to everything that PFF.com has to offer. From Ben Brown, joined by Kevin Cole, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast.